0: Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, Welcome back to the Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here. Today is part two of our retirement readiness conversation that we've been having. If you haven't already, in part one, Travis and I spent some time talking around retirement readiness and some of the underlying fears that all future retirees can have. What if I make the wrong decision? You know, How could a stock market crash affect me? How should I be thinking about Social Security or my pension? Those are real fears, but as we discussed, financial planning is a process that can help you work through those. We also want to talk about a comparable feeling that is also involved in retirement readiness, which is this idea of guilt. There are some people that can feel very guilty about retiring, retiring before their other colleagues, retiring before other family members can As we're all seeking this road to financial freedom, we can sometimes feel guilty about having the ability or the resources that can allow us to be able to retire. And now we wanna start to think about what does this next season of life look like? What are some things that I can think about? You should never have uh, guilt about the things that you're doing with your life if you've set yourself up for good financial freedom. So today we wanna kind of break this concept down of where is this guilt rooted? Is it really something that you should be feeling? And then how can you start to break free from these feelings of guilt? Uh, As always, if this is your very first episode, please comment, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Let us know what this means to you because you never know how your comments could inspire somebody else to become a believer. And thanks for stopping by. We hope you enjoy this great conversation. Well, in this conversation, we've been talking about retirement readiness. In the first part, we looked around the idea of there's a lot of people that may have real fears when it comes to planning their retirement. They don't want to do the wrong thing. They don't want to check the wrong box. They don't want to be left doing something that's going to put them in a vulnerable position the moment they tell their employer, I'm out, or they sell the business. But I would say that alongside this idea of fear is also a complementary feeling that I would call guilt. And Travis, I know you've talked with a lot of people. There's a lot of mixed emotions. Why don't you talk about some of the guilt or guilty feelings people have as they think about retirement?
1: We have so much pressure from other people and people that we might think are our friends. Maybe we work with them or our neighbors or even family members. And you know, they're living their life. You're living your life. And everybody, there's a status quo to that. Everybody thinks everybody's kind of on the same page, maybe you're doing good and you think your friends are doing good or vice versa. And then you walk in the door one day and you say, you know what, I found financial freedom. I'm gonna retire this year, I'm done. And, and you're 52 years old. And people look at you and they go, well, what are you gonna do for the rest of your life? You're too young. And like, there's, there's this stigma that's put on you. There's a, there's a, there's a, a new thing that, that younger people are doing. They're trying to get, you know, to essentially financial freedom as soon as possible. Right in yep. their 30s or 40s. They're basically living out of a van or a tiny house, saving up all their money and, based, and calling it quits on, the, on, on their working life, working careers really early so they can live the rest of their life enjoying it. If you don't need to work and you don't work, the number one question you're going to get from everybody you bump into is, why don't you work? What do you do with your time? And so you get this guilt of feeling like you know, you're constantly defending yourselves about why you're not contributing to society as if work is the only way you can contribute to society. Right. People who are very successful will feel this. If you're, if you're very financially successful and you're able to do things, you're able to go on nice vacations, have a nice house, have nice cars, all that, and still save, you're still doing all the things that you need to do financially for the long term, but you're able to live in the moment in the short term as well. There's going to be people that are in your circle that will become distant from you because they don't understand how you can do those things. And so they will say that you're just a spender and, and you're reckless and you're financially irresponsible. And they'll say those things behind your back. And sometimes to you, uh, it could be parents. It could be in-laws. It could be anybody who would say that to you. And the reason why they're doing that is because there's an insecurity on their end. Cause they can't do that. Right. They either have fear driving them to not spend any money yep. Or they don't have any, or they don't have what you have. And so they'll, they'll impart some guilt on you. They'll drop it on you like a heavy weight. And it's exhausting. You'll feel, mm-hmm. very, you'll feel that. You will literally feel painful guilt. Some people have, have guilt from, I mean, I've had somebody, I've had a lot of people try to do this. You know, so, so it's, it's interesting when we're talking to them after they've retired we're, you know, it takes about six months to get a budget kind of stabilized when you're retired, figure out what you're going to do and where you're going to spend money and what you're not spending money on anymore. And so I'll get a client that's retired and we'll talk about the cash flow and the monthly distribution of the retirement account. And they'll say, yeah, it's great too. Cause I'm putting $400 a month into my savings account. They say, well, let me get this straight. You're taking $400 extra dollars a month out of your retirement account, paying taxes on it, taking it out of your investments. So you can put it in your savings account. Yep. And what are you doing in there? Oh, no, I just leave it in there. I don't use that money. Why are you doing that? Because I'm supposed to be saving. That's what I do. I'm supposed to be saving. I, I feel really insecure if I'm not saving, if I'm not putting my, I'm like, but do you understand? You just move money from one savings account to the other savings account. The difference is, is you created an income tax bill and you cut off your return from averaging X percent a year to right now, what's the savings account? pay? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I never thought about it like that. But if I'm not saving, I feel like, you know, am I going to have enough money? It's not even the pile of money that they have being enough. It's the feeling of if I'm not saving, I'm not going to have enough because it means I don't have extra monthly. Even though you do, it's just we're leaving it in the account. You're not spending it. Right. Right. And so, the, you know, this guilt shows up from others and imparting on us. And sometimes they're putting our paying for health care. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. Somebody will say, well, I can't retire early. Why can't you retire early? I have to pay for health insurance. Yes. So. I mean, health insurance is just so expensive. It's, you know, $2,000 or $3,000 or $1,800, whatever it is for retiree health insurance for their particular situation. Yeah, that's a bill. What does that do for you? It gives you an extra year where your health is really good. You can go do whatever you want to do. You're not going to have a heart attack going to your day job. And you can afford it. It's not going to make any difference between now and the next 50 years. So who cares if you're got to pay for health insurance? Yeah, but it's just so much. I just can't bring myself to spend that much on health insurance. That's guilt. That is guilt. That's not fear. That's guilt. I feel guilty for spending that money on myself so that I don't have to go to work. That's what that I am not worthy of spending some of my savings on my own health insurance or that of my family so that I don't have to go to work. I'm not worthy of that. I have to go and I have to, you know, work another year in a job I don't want to be at anymore to make money that I don't need so that I don't have to pay a bill that if I paid, I would feel guilty that I was paying for out of pocket. Guilt is, it's, it's, it's societal. It's part of us as with our upgrade bringing, you know, it's dropped on us from others. It's, it's a weird kind of phenomenon because at the end of the day, nobody, nobody's judging you because of how much you paid for your health insurance. Right. You know, I I have clients where we look at it. I show them, I'm like, look, here's you paying for your health insurance. Now here's who you, when you're 95 years old, does that amount of money make a difference to your kids? And they look and they go, Oh no. They'll be pretty happy with that, that, you know, even the smaller number after I've paid for my health insurance. Like, okay, good. Then go, go retire. You know, let's figure out how to pay the bill. Uh, it's different if you're really tight and you don't have the money, right? Then that's different. But in a yep. lot of situations, I deal with a lot of clients who have the resources yep. and it wouldn't even be a burden on their resources. It's not like they're going to have to choose between that and, you know, eating ramen noodles. Sure. It's, it's pretty much that, or maybe by the time they pass away one day, the kids are going to get $3 million instead of 3.04, right? Oh, big deal. The kids will get over it. You get to go have an extra year of travel. Think about it like this. If you've got, if you're 60 years old and average life expectancy is late seventies. So let's pretend you beat that. You get to 90. That's 30 years. That's only 30. You name it. European trips. And maybe the last five to 10 of those, you're not physically capable of doing them. So maybe you only get 10 trips in there yeah. or 20 trips in there, right? It's 20 more Christmases where you get to, you know, live it up. Yes, there's more than that. But my point is, is where right. you can, you're going to get maximum use of your money and, and, and ability to, to, to be, you know, to move around from location, to location or whatnot to travel basically. So why would you limit that? Why would you why would you cut that off by you know five percent? Why would you get rid of five percent of your your years so that you know you could save a little bit of money? Like nobody cares. So I, well, think, I think I think you know guilt is just guilt is worse than fear because people like just superimpose it on us. It's it's, it's superficial. Well,
0: and you know I love that you're drawing a difference between fear and and guilt. Because you know when you're coming at something from the right way, right perspective, right motives, You know, if you have done well in your working career, and maybe you saved and scraped for the first several years of your marriage as you were raising your kids, and now you're in a different income threshold, you're able to do more things, you're closer to that concept of financial freedom, maybe you can walk on any car lot and buy any car you want to, but you remember the days when you couldn't do that. Maybe you had to buy the used car. If you are somebody that likes to save money, you like discounts, it's sometimes really hard to 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 get outside of that feeling of, like you said, spending money because you feel guilty getting something that you can afford because of some of the societal uh, guilt that people put on us when we show up at the you know family reunion in a certain vehicle and you kind of just see people look at you, or it's the comments people make in your friend circle. But I think a big part of it is understanding where are our motives and where are we coming from if we're trying to do the right things, but we're just able to, to really live our life as a part of this. Um, and to part of the, the analogy that you gave that I really appreciate is the idea of healthcare. You know, If you're guilty about maybe spending this money, but your planning is showing you that you can do that, good planning allows you to make good decisions right? And it's one thing to say, I don't know that I can spend that money and you never look at any kind of projection to see if you can or you can't. But if you can, and you're just deciding to stay in a certain situation, getting rid of some of that guilt, I got to imagine is part of a process, you know? So if people are on this and they've been able to save, you know, for their entire careers, and they're now at this place to really go live their life. I love that you're bringing some of the humanity into it because we've all experienced in the last year and a half Friends, relatives, coworkers, people that we know that have gone too soon. They've they've died. Something has happened. It rocks you. It makes you think about your own life and what is all this stuff for? So how do you begin to work or unwork maybe some of these deep-rooted guilts? Is there any things that you've been able to do or conversations or ways to ask questions that have really helped people put things in context?
1: It goes back to, you can do a financial plan and give somebody and say, here's your stack of, you know, a hundred papers and your snapshot of where you're headed where you are today. I think that that doesn't do anybody any good at all. Uh, it comes down to what's in between all the lines in that in those reports. For instance, I can model out what your health insurance might be, but if I don't stop to talk to you about how we pay for that and how that impacts you long term and ask you the right questions about that, you're going to be stuck yes or knowing financial decisions based on irrelevant information. Hmm. So you might say, geez, you know what? I'm not going to retire because I can't pay for health insurance. And um, so I'm just not going to retire. Well, you can pay for health insurance. I can show you how you can pay for health insurance. So that's a bad excuse. If you're so, so by having those discussions, not in a confrontational way, but in a way that says, let's talk about this. Why do you think you can't pay for health insurance? Well, it's not that I can't pay for health insurance. Obviously, I could pay if I wanted to. It's that, I mean, that's $24,000 a year. I can't stomach that. Okay, let's talk about what we're giving up for $24,000 a year. You know, as we talk more about financial freedom and stuff, if it, it depends on the type of work that you're doing. If you love your work, if you really enjoy it and it doesn't bring you stress, then fine, keep working. But if it's bringing you stress and it's running you down and you're exhausted and you come home and you're snippy with your spouse and, you know, you don't have time with the grandkids and, you know, you can't diet and you can't exercise because there's no time to do it. And you're missing out on things, but you got the money that you need. Does that, let's say it's $2,000 a month for health insurance. Does that cost you an entire year? Again, you only have X amount of years left. Right. And when you're talking about kids and grandkids, you got less time because they grow up and then they get busy, right? Yep. So if you're talking about grandkids and your grandkids are, let's say five years old, you know, you got, how many, how many years do you think you got before they're too busy to spend wh- whatever amount of time grandma and grandpa want to spend with them? Sure. Maybe 10 years, right? Cause then they're going to have a car and then they're going to go do whatever kids do with the car, you know, Right? they're out. Um, they got sports and everything else going on, so you can participate and watch, but you can't necessarily be a a part of everything that they're doing. So it's like when you you gotta have better conversations. You you've gotta dig into if I have a roadblock, is that a self-imposed roadblock? Did I make that roadblock up? Did I allow somebody to put that in the middle of my highway? And uh did I give them permission to do that? So could I remove it by that? I mean. Is it something that, you know, I felt weird because, you know, I I can retire early and my siblings or my parents are giving me a really hard time about it because they don't understand, you know, they're saying that I don't work hard, you know, or something like that. You're worrying about being judged, right? Somebody put that roadblock in your way. You can have them remove it. Yep. Right. You should not let somebody else's baggage keep you from being happy. And doing the things that you want to do. When you get to the point where all you can think about is doing things that aren't your job, when you're not excited anymore about waking up and going to work in the morning, and you're financially able, and all you could think about is all the other things that you want to go do, you've got that next chapter pretty much written already. You just need the time to go read it. That's when you know you've got to go. And so if any of these guilt things are in your way, they are not as big a deal as you think they are. Uh, but you need somebody to help you put it in perspective. What are you doing to yourself? What are you allowing somebody else to do to you that's sabotaging your otherwise clear path to success, you know, as far as financial freedom goes?
0: Well, I'm just thinking about, you know, when you're, when you're in a couple or a marriage and you have a significant other, and unless you think exactly the same way, and we've, we've talked about this a few times. Having somebody else enter the conversation in between—that's unemotional—that can help listen to what is it that you're trying to do, and identify is that a real fear or cause for concern? Okay, here's how we can maybe address that, or maybe is that an emotion or attitude that um, we really need to just kind of put our finger on? Because if you if you have a spouse, and again, savers, spenders, this idea of guilt you know you're now in retirement these are supposed to be the years that you travel you go see your kids you go do the things you want to do maybe you buy that second home maybe you relocate and there's still kind of some stinking thinking that's kind of blocking the thought pattern even though you have the assets you have the ability that you can do these things what would it also do for you with your spouse or significant other to have healthy conversations where you're both a part of the conversation right because there there might be one person that runs the excel spreadsheet the budget knows where money comes in, money goes out, and they usually are the ones that maybe have the final say or determine where and when you can do certain things, you might have this guilt upon being able to buy that home even though you can do it and it's the right time to do it because it's spending money, right? You got a couple hundred thousand dollar house that you know you can afford and it's the right time to do it. It's a good deal, but it's still then saying, uh, let's do it, right? And if your spouse is saying, we can do this, let's do it, And, you know, and and you feel like I can't because stewardship or whatever that thought is in the back of your mind is, it's just hard to do. Sometimes having somebody across the table from you that says, Travis, you can do this. It's almost, sometimes we take advice from other people easier than we do from, you know, our spouse or significant other. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just recognizing when is it the right time to bring somebody in? Because we talk about, it's your money, it's your life, this is your money business. When is it the right time to maybe bring somebody in to talk to you, your significant other, so that you can make really good decisions together, which can add years to your life by knowing that you both have a voice, you both have a say, you're doing the things you want to do. And even as I've been listening to you, I'm thinking about the number of people probably in their house or in their car listening to this episode, as you've talked about guilt and where some of these thoughts come from, probably shaking their head and saying, how did he know? Like, how did he know that's me? right? Because I think this is something that is so common, but we also can think that we're the only one that deals with it. I think it's the the guilt and the internal thoughts that we have of maybe I'm the only one that's ever struggled with this. But I think we're here to tell you that these feelings of guilt you have about retirement, spending money, living the life you envision in your mind that maybe you've spent 25, 30 years envisioning, and now you're at that point to actually execute it. It's still a really big transition for a lot of people to say, it's go time right? And if you've got one spouse, it's like, it's go time, it's go time. Let's do this. And it's like, nope, we still got to, you know, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or, you know, what if, you know, we don't do it right? A good planner can help you work through those by building the foundation, building that personal plan, building the financial plan, but then also helping you understand what you have the ability to do, which I think kind of leads into this concept of financial freedom. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit SeedPG.com. That's SeedPG.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode and be sure to share with a friend.